Hey everybody, welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast spoiler episode for Glass Onion, colon, A Knives Out Mystery. The real mystery being is, why did they not just call it the Benoit Blanc Tales or something like that? But, I'm John Burke, uh, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? I am doing very, very well, my friend. I agree with you. A Benoit Blanc mystery sounds a lot better than A Knives Out Mystery, but I'm looking forward to spoiling this film after treading water last week it's very hard to talk about a whodunit without spoiling anything because early on we're given a lot of clues so listener before we start please know that we are going to talk completely about glass onion the plot points anything that we want no holds bars like a dave batista wrestling match we are here (laughs) to punch you in the face with spoilers so get ready three two one boom So my favorite part, I think the part that killed me in the theater on my first viewing is when the mystery murder mystery game is starting and uh, Benoit Blanc's like, can I, can I solve it? And he just annihilates it. Like nothing's even happened yet. He's not even been murdered yet. And he solves the murder. And I love that. He's like, what do we get for solving it? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe like an iPad. <laughs> he's so behind because like to him an ipad is probably this newfangled bit of technology but he's talking to a literal tech billionaire who can do whatever he wants and even the other people are like an ipad and it's still it's the way edward not was like yeah just get him an idea we'll give you an ipad fine i love that moment the way he just uh, it it was fun because in knives out we find out the and again i won't spoil that necessarily but we find out a bit more about the mystery quite early on in a move Mm -hmm. i didn't see coming here everyone's everyone's there and we we're ready for this big reveal of why they're there and benoit blanc solves the mystery and, and that's it and then you kind of like for the next hour and 20 minutes maybe hour and a half you you're now watching something unfold which i didn't think was going to happen i was expecting it to be i expected the murder mystery to be what the invitation within the glass onion said the fact that benoit blanc just so easily <laughs> so easily solved it and then Edward Norton gets shot with a fake bow and arrow at the end. He's yeah. hilarious. And um and then we get the real thing is that uh Janelle Monet is playing Andy. And yes. everyone's surprised that Andy is there, but one of them is more surprised that she is there because they know she's dead. Um and we don't find that out until about a quarter of the way through the film. Um after that sequence, uh you know, things start to spiral. Uh, Dave Batista's character. I'm trying to remember the frame. Like, does he die first and then she shot? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, yes. He dies uh, suddenly and out of nowhere. And then she is shot. And that's when we start the flashback sequence where we learn the truth that this is not actually Andy, that it's her sister, her twin sister, um, playing the role, trying to figure out what happened to her sister. And uh, that we learn the truth about how Benoit Blanc got uh, Benoit Blanc got his invitation, and mm-hmm. we get all of this kind of backstory of them building. And I I just think Janelle plays these two very distinctively different characters that have different uh, speech patterns, and she crushes it. I think she's tremendous. Um, you know, not only is she elegant in the film, uh, all of them are. I mean, the the freaking production design is incredible in this film. Um, but I thought her performance specifically and how that plays out. And I liked a lot of how it plays out. Um, there is this kind of vibe that in both knives out and glass onion, uh, you have a minority character who is being disrespected by everyone around her, um, is able to, uh, 
somehow rise above it all, um, despite everyone looking to like push them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's powerfully executed in both films. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, my friend. The only the only facet of the character, not that's not the character, that's a lie. The only facet of the inherent mystery or the the new one of the new mysteries we get, you know, the the the, the hole within the donut we get is the it, it's a trope within murder mystery but when we see janelle monet's character get shot halfway through the film and then it turns out that she's saved by the you know the metal thing in her breastplate i was like man i could yeah. have done without that that's the only thing i was like oh i don't like that bit only because it doesn't matter what film it is it could be in knives out glass onion star wars the fablemans whatever dune 2 the exorcist it's that kind of thing i'm like Oh, I just don't like yeah, that bit. But it, at the same time, it fits in with the kind of cartoony aspect of this film where you can get shot and it's the, oh, I was saved by the cigarello case. But yeah. other, other than that, but, it's not re- there wasn't really much else I didn't like, John. I'm, you know, I've tried my hardest to think like, in the non-spoiler, I, not because I want to be, you know, negative, negative Matt, but I was like, what is, well, you know, what was wrong with this film? And, you know, may- maybe it could have been five minutes shorter. The flashbacks, I think, hindered some of the pacing for me, but... Other than that, my friend, not a lot. I I, I preferred Knives Out again min- marginally because I I loved I really liked the cast in that film and how they worked. I love the setting and I love the vibe of it. Also, maybe because it's all new, but there's not really an awful lot I didn't like about it. I really like the cameos, no. John. When we find I, out because we found out before the film that uh, Benoit Blanc is he's gay. Well, we found out before the film. It's mm-hmm. I think we found, we haven't found that around the Knives Out time, but we find out that his his living partner, as he calls him. It's Hugh Grant, and I yeah. died when he opened yeah, the door. Yeah, so John. funny, um, so good. And uh, I want to actually pull back just a step, but two other cameos that aren't actually cameos, but they're like fun references is uh, Jared Leto's kombucha, hard kombucha, um, which plays a factor multiple times, but also uh, Jeremy Renner's hot sauce, yes, uh, which I bring up now because uh, that's the the one reason why I think the um, Janelle Monet taking the bullet to the book uh, pays off is that we get to use the hot sauce as blood and yeah. it, we see the label that says Jeremy Renner and I think it's got Renner's face on it, it and then Benoit face. rubs the hot sauce in his eyes to make the tear that we had earlier seen, which I thought was yeah. so powerful. I was like, oh my god, he feels you know this Something. dead, and then you're like, oh no, she's alive. Okay, not what we thought. Um, and I, I like that uh, she saves herself in essence. Like he, he does, yes. he solves the case, but he's not Batman. And I, he like, I think that's a quote. I think he legitimately says, I'm not Batman. He, he I work within the, the law. He, he, he solves the case, which is what uh-huh. he says, but you know, there's only so much he can do. He's not Batman. And he, he leaves at a certain point where he leaves the, 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 the glass onion. He's outside doing whatever, but you know, the final, Act final fifteen, not even an act. Final fifteen minutes, final sequence. You know, Benoit Blanc isn't even present within this scene. We kind of think, oh man, the bad guy's got one over. You know, Benoit Blanc's done his job, but you know, it, it hasn't helped um, bring justice until we have that kind of very. What did you think of that, my friend? What did you think of that very bonkers final sequence? Now that we can talk about it, where you know Janelle Monae, she just starts wrecking shop. And then everybody mm-hmm. joins in, and of course, eventually they used Miles Bronze, um, his uh, this this kind of fuel, this fuel, it's a fuel that he's creating, which is highly volatile and unstable. And it said, you know, d- during the film, and that's what I like as well about during. You mentioned the the, the Jeremy Renner's 
hot sauce and the tear, things which are set up during the film. Here we get Leslie Odom Jr. throughout saying this fuel is unstable. You cannot use this to power people's homes because you will mm. cause annihilation. And we find out with just one tiny bit how much damage this thing can do. It, it burns the damn Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa yeah. is destroyed, which obviously helps bring down Marvel Strong. But what did you think of that is- ending then? I, I liked it. Um, I didn't fully understand like her smashing all the glasses. Like, were all those statues made of the the energy thing? And if so, that seems like a waste of that energy yeah, stuff. I like, think it was just to cause us cause chaos, basically. But then she she lights that on fire. Though, like, she pours like the whatever you know, like where the fire starts is where she's been smashing all the glass. I I didn't fully. I'm like, I guess it is chaos, and then she, everyone kind of joins in on it at, at a point. But um, I I like. I like how it makes the point of like his, his ego, you know, that he installed a button that would break the safety feature on the Mona Lisa. And that ego is what he'd done his whole career. And yeah. it's the only way to bring him down. Right. Cause she's, he, she's like your fuel the everything you've invested in just destroyed the Mona Lisa. So guess who's not going to buy your fuel. You know what I mean? Like that she's put him in a position where he will, he he's doomed. Right. Yep. Um, and it's the only way like, you know, obviously there's a lot of billionaire comparisons that you could make uh, to real world characters. And I don't think Ryan Johnson's been, you know, shy about that. Some of the references are very on the nose. And (laughs) um, even uh, if you think back during the pandemic time, there were some celebrities who like had parties on private islands and things like that. Singing Um, uh, Imagine and stuff. Kate Hudson wearing, when she shows up wearing her mask, um, using quote fingers, because her mask is like a net uh, mesh, <laughs> which a few celebrities were shown doing during the pandemic. Like, um, there's a lot of little things like that. Ethan Hawke uh, yeah. is the guy who gives, a, I guess, their version of the vaccine. Um, and even there, we get the setup for the pineapple, right? Like, we were, uh, is there pineapple in that? When they first said that, I just thought it was Dave Bautista, like his character just being this weirdo who doesn't like the taste of pineapple. Not that he was actually like concerned about the allergy he would have. Um, now that's my big thing. Cause I watched very carefully. I, I know going into this film, it's a whodunit. So I'm like, I'm very, every, every inch of every frame, I'm like analyzing, looking for details. And I see Edward Norton's character hand him the glass that he will drink and then die for like from. Right. So like I solved it instantly because I paid attention, but like it's, it's such a quick little movement. It's in the background of a shot that if you're not paying attention, you could easily overlook that, which is what the movie even calls us out for is like, we heard him say that he took his glass, but if you watch the movie, he hands him the glass. Like it's in the shot. It's right there. Um, which is later revealed, but it's also in the very first shot, which I love that about this film is that it's right there for you to solve the entirety if you're paying attention. But if you're not, or if you're looking elsewhere, which he he frames it, it's blocked in a way that you could easily not be looking at that point. I was. So immediately I'm like, okay, I already solved the, I've solved the mystery. Um, I didn't know all of the uh, details about Janelle Monet's character right away. Obviously I had no clue there was going to be a twin sister story. And I can see people c- complaining that as a trope. But for me, it worked, and I had a blast. It's quite hard to get out of the tropes when it comes to this genre. Every genre yeah. has tropes, which the conventions, I'm going to call them, because that's what they're, they're conventions of the genre, which you kind of need almost to make it recognisable. And you don't, obviously you don't need it in every film, but like the, the Cigarillo case or whatever it may be, catching the bullet, in this case, the twin sister. There are These, these are things which are just ever-present. 
it's all about the execution. It's how well they're done. It's how well they're incorporated into the narrative. And I think Ryan Johnson is getting better and better and better as a writer as his films go on. I mentioned that before. I think yep. it, from Brick onwards, Brothers Bloom, Looper, and all the, all of them, he's getting better and better, more confident in his writing. And I think Glass Onion has very real confidence in it, especially in the use of those flashbacks. I do think they hindered the pacing ever so slightly. I do. But there's a real confidence there. I think throughout the writing is sharper here, which is saying something. Cause I think knives out was razor sharp. Um, it cuts like a knife. You could say, ah, sorry. Um, I think the <laughs> gags are on point as well, but you know, I think some, yeah. it, a trope, a trope is only a trope to me when it's done, when it's glaringly obvious or it isn't done very well. Uh, the, you know, the, the one I yeah. mentioned is it sticks out like a sore thumb, but I, you know, I don't inherently think they're a bad thing. It's just, yeah, you no. know, uh, but how, some how people do you do. rely on them to sell your story have you got any i think with no glass onion and nice but with glass onion i think you know his story is much more than just about you know how many of these can we fit into the narrative there's so much going on the, the characters all have such distinct personalities i would have loved to have seen more of jess henwick i always think she's i think she's so good in love and monsters the other year i want to see her do more or given more to do and i was hoping she'd get more here but she didn't but everybody here is great like every moment you see is it means something. Even the moment where you see uh, Madeline Klein's character, you know, she seems to be seducing Miles Bronn, Edward Norton in the bedroom and, and Dave Batiste is watching outside and we're thinking, and you know, it cuts to his fist, you know, boiling up into a fist and we're like, okay, here's motive. You know, we're, we're setting up mo- motive and Benoit Blanc's head pops out from the bush behind. And then later on, it, it turns out that this is all a bit one big sell because Dave Batista needs Miles Bronze money and influence to help launch his career more so, but we know that Miles has got no interest in helping this big old lug. Little moments like that, I think, are sold so well. And the moment where Dave Batista shows Miles his phone, and he's like, oh, look at the numbers, man. Nobody else can see his phone. You know, later on, that's where we find out that he's actually showing in the news story that Janelle Monet's character has been, has been found dead. So in that case, what the hell is she doing standing in front of us? Therefore, they know something's going up. It's I, I, you know, it's those kind of layers which I find so intriguing, and I think they're really well woven out throughout this film. Um, yeah, this, I, I enjoyed that ending. I thought it was a very satisfying ending. I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going next. I can't imagine. I said before, I'd love to see them come to England to do a an old school murder mystery. But hey, look, I, I'm really digging this these Benoit Blanc mysteries, and I think Daniel Craig is enjoying it. Benoit Blanc, because he is sent to this island retreat for this kind of fun murder mystery weekend. We initially see him, you know, having almost having fun. We see him in much, he's not wearing the suit like he was in knives out. He's wearing beach wear and things like that. And he, he just, his guards down and he's more affable, more approachable. And I love that. We didn't just get the same Benoit Blanc from knives out yeah. posted into this film. So I don't want to call it development necessarily, but we we're seeing more sides of him, which I hope we explore going forward. But Man, these films are great. These films are fun to have a blast with. I think they're family friendly enough to a point where you can get most of the family around and enjoy it. Uh, you and I can enjoy it with our critical eyes. And I think the mass audience is seen by the critical scores and the audience scores. I think these films are there for, there's that kind of rare treat where the critics have a blast, the fans have a blast because they're such good films. They're well-rounded films and um, long, long may that continue JB. Indeed. I hope we get more. Um, 
Matt and I are obviously big, big fans of uh, both Knives Out and Glass Onion, but Glass Onion is on Netflix now. If you haven't seen it, we've spoiled it for you. But yeah. you know what? I think you can still really, really enjoy it because going back and seeing how uh, the script is, is structured, uh, we both have watched it. I've watched it twice. You said twice, right? I've seen it twice, yes. Big screen, yeah, and, small screen. It, it Same. And it is uh, a, just an experience that I think um, – even knowing how it plays, it's still a lot of fun because you can see how he weaves everything together. And that's, I think, a sign of a great film versus a, a, a fun experience, right? Like a fun experience you can have once and then it, it will always just feel like less than um, a great film. I think you can have that fun experience and then the subsequent viewings are still a lot of fun for maybe different reasons. And that's what I think uh, he's done with both Knives Out and Glass Onion. I think both Fully of them agree. are just, exceptional watches and fun rewatches um with that that's our episode uh as yes, we sir. said on our last one sorry i said yes sir it is oh sorry um we'll be back with our bampies that's the best of uh awards for the year of 2022 on our next episode um in the meantime you can follow us on social media on instagram we're at bloody awesome movie pod uh matt where are we on twitter we are at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast um, Facebook, you can search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. And of course, individually, you can follow us. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at Burke Reviews on all the social media platforms. Matt, where can they find you? Uh, tonight.co.uk and just search What I Watch Tonight across all of the social medias and Letterboxd. And if you like the show, we ask that you give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen. Um, with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 blood,